Good morning. All right. This is going to be a new era for the morning show. What are you talking about? What does that even mean? You know. <laughs> it's a new era. You know. Taking it to the next level. Yeah, it's time to take it to the next level. And why would we do that? There are going to be some great parties. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the weekend. All right, then. Let's get this party started. I don't want this Saturday. Bringing you all the news and the newsmakers on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Good morning. It's Saturday morning. It's 47 degrees outside. And um, we want to congratulate the Massillon Tigers, the Massillon Tigers football team, because uh, it took a second in the state last night. It was a tough game. It was a tough loss. They were up against a tough competitor with Hoban. And this was uh, this was their third this is their third matchup, wasn't it, John? Yeah, third year in a row that these two have uh, have played. Third year in a row. And yeah, so, last two years ago it was in the state title, same game as this. Uh, last year it was a uh, regional final, and then this year, of course, uh, another state title matchup. Yeah, and you know what's something about sports is that you can play, you could you could match up against somebody five times, ten times, and sometimes you're going to win and sometimes you're going to lose. And sometimes there's teams that are just really, really tough. Mm-hmm. That's just tough to beat. But you know what's important? I, w- I was reading, uh, I saw a Facebook post, and there was, a, there was a McKinley fan, and they were laughing about Maslin's loss. I mean, that's about competition. But I'm going to tell you something. I give it, I, I give a lot of credit to that Maslin football team because they're still second in the state. Yeah. Still one of the one of the best teams, the second second best team in Division Two in Ohio, and so to uh, coach Nate Moore and and uh, all the players, you hold your head up high. You know, do not be ashamed because uh, because that happens. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But but really, what's most important in sports is how you handle the winning, and how you handle the losing. And if you don't want to lose, don't try. Don't enter into competition. So for the critics out there, anybody that wants to criticize somebody who lost, you got to think to yourself: Were you in the arena? Were you out on the field? Right? How many guys? How many guys were playing on that field yesterday, John? What? How many? Like total? Yes. I mean, I don't know. Probably about a hundred some. About about a hundred players, right? Yeah. With and special were, teams, offense, defense. Yeah, and then there were there were kids obviously earlier in the day that played in the Division Seven game, and today there will be the D three game and the D five game. I mean, there's there's only two teams that make it from every division, so at the end of the day, you have you know fourteen teams that make it. To this weekend. Yeah, 14 teams out of hundreds of high school teams, mm-hmm. right? Hundreds. You know, there was a story where, uh, this is years ago, remember Roger Staubach? Mm-hmm. He played for the Dallas Cowboys, right? Yep. Great quarterback. And uh, and there was uh, his mailman had, you know, was delivering the mail and he said, hey, Roger. I want you to, I want you to, he was at Roger Staubach was out playing with his kids, playing with the football. He says, I want you to, uh, 
throw me a pass. So Roger lobbed him the football. And he said, oh, come on. I want you to just hurl it in there like you do it in game time. So Roger stopped back said, I don't think you want me to do that. And he goes, no, come on, come on, just fire one in there. Well, he fired the ball at him and knocked the guy over. <laughs> All right? I mean, just knocked him, knocked him down. And it's because, you know, when you're sitting there watching the television and you look at these professional athletes or these, uh, you know, whether it's in uh, even in high school, I mean, these kids have incredible talent and incredible ability. And when you're watching in the stands or you're watching on TV, you know, you think that, uh, boy, boy, this, this kid should have ran this way, or maybe he should have thrown the ball over here or, but you know, a lot of people don't realize that you have some really, really talented athletes. And, and most people just don't know because they've never been in the arena. They've never been in there. And if you remember, there was, uh, you know, it reminds me of that saying that, you know, about <clears throat> the man in the arena, right? Did you ever hear about the man in the arena? I don't know that I have. Yeah, it talks about, um, you know, when a person's face is marred by blood, sweat, and they've they've been defeated, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it's really by one of our, one of our presidents this Teddy Roosevelt, right? And he gave a speech. So I'm going to pull it up here, John. Good. It was on April 23rd in 1910. And, um, it became one of the most widely quoted speeches of his career. And the, the president who left office in 1909 had spent a year hunting in Central Africa, embarking on a Northern Africa tour. And, and at any rate, he um, he gave this speech. He says, it's not, this is by Teddy Roosevelt, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, and who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. That's Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena. It's not really the critic who counts. It's the man who is in the arena, the one that has either tasted victory or defeat. So to our masculine tigers, do not hold your head down. You guys had a great, great season. It didn't end the way that you wanted, but you are winners. You are winners. You lost last night, but you are winners. And Coach Nate Moore, keep up the good work. You guys have nothing to be ashamed of. Because if you're going to enter competition, sometimes you're going to win and sometimes you're going to lose. But that is okay. 
So you got to shake it off, as Taylor Swift would say. Very popular song by the young artist, Taylor Swift. I hear it a lot in my household. You got to shake off the loss. You shake it off. When I was in 10th grade and I lost a wrestling match one time, I was so crushed, right? And and one of the worst things is that when you lose in the semifinals, okay? Because when you lose in the semifinals, that's the worst time to lose. Mm-hmm. Because you got to go into the consolation round. So the highest that you could place would be a third. Okay. But at least if you win in the semifinals, at worst case, you're going to be second. Right? If you lose your last one, at least you're going to be second. The second's much better than third. <laughs> right? So I and and the reason it's tough losing in the semifinals is that is that you you're coming off a loss and now you got to come back and win, right? So I remember my dad telling me he's like, "Son, shake it off." Now he didn't know that that was going to be a very popular song by Taylor Swift, okay? But uh, he said, "Go in, take a shower, wash it off, forget about it, and get back in there." And win the next one. And so, you know, there is something about being able to shake things off. You know, doing a ritual. If you go, you got to go take a shower, just wash it off. You know, and and get back in there. They got a good team. We're going to take a break. It's Saturday morning. This is David Held. It's 48 degrees. Good morning. It's Saturday morning. This is David Held. You're listening to News Talk 1480 WHBC. It's 48 degrees outside. It went up one degree since we first started here, so it'll probably be warming up a little bit more today. And uh, we got a lot of things that are going on throughout the county. Um, we want to make sure that everybody is staying safe. I had spoken to the health commissioner, Star County Health Commissioner, yesterday and uh, he said that uh, you know obviously you've got uh, more people that are uh, you know contracting the covid and so people got to be smart you got to be smart and uh, physical distance physical distance we don't want to say social distancing because i think that is just a negative term because uh, you know when people are going through a difficult time or there's a lot of stress actually you have to socially reach out to other people you want to make sure that you're communicating with others. You do not want to be isolated. Being isolated is not a good thing. And, uh, and you know, you always have those people in your life that, that uh, bring you up. You know, the ones that uh, can bring you up, make you feel better, those are the ones that you want to call. You want to make sure that you're calling other people that are keeping you positive, Right. And I don't mean being blindly positive. I mean, you know, we know that there's difficulties. We know that uh, that people are, uh, you know, worried about uh, COVID and and getting it. But we got to be smart about it. Got to be smart about it. Um, and uh, you keep your physical distance. You wash your hands. You wear your mask, and you're going to keep safe. You'll keep safe. Um, but we don't want to get overwhelmed. We do not want to, 
you cannot live in fear. You know, it's a um, fear needs to be replaced with courage. Courage. Because if you let it overwhelm you, you just start getting depressed and you don't want to do that. You do not want to do that. So some people might say, well, I don't have any courage. I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm fearful. So what do we do in those cases? Encourage. The antidote to fear is courage. And if some don't have it, then you got to find the others that do have courage and you have to encourage other people. Be positive and encourage them, right? So some encouragement, encouraging words going out to the school systems throughout Stark County. In my conversation with the health commissioner, the Stark County health commissioner, Kirk Norris, he said the schools are doing incredibly well, incredibly well. They have less than a half percent of students that have contracted the virus. Now, some of the challenges are, you know, the teachers just having, we, we have a limited number of teachers, so they have to make sure that they're, they're staying safe and they're staying healthy. Same thing with uh, the nurses and the health and the nurses, doctors, healthcare workers. It's important for them to stay safe. Um, and you got uh, you know the health departments, the Canton City Health Department, the Stark County Health Department. These people are working a lot of hours, a lot of hours. So they're getting like 200 cases a day that that they've got to follow up on, and they only have like 67 employees to follow up on hundreds and hundreds of of cases just you know to make sure that everybody else is is uh, is okay and aware and staying safe so if you're struggling with um you know feeling down call somebody that can encourage you somebody that can bring you up and uh speaking of positive things what is your favorite christmas movie what is your favorite Christmas movie of all time? Okay. Um, the best Christmas movies of all time. Well, um, John, what's one of your favorite Christmas movies? I would probably say uh, my top two favorite Christmas movies are um, the Santa Claus with uh, Tim Allen, and then uh, It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life is the best. It's my favorite. It is my favorite. So as I'm looking at uh, Reader's Digest, right? And uh, they got a whole list of them. And, um, and one of them is Elf. 2003, very, very funny movie. Okay. Um, and we've got The Night Before Christmas. That was in 1993. Leave it to the master of melancholy, Tim Burton, to turn a Christmas movie into a spook fest featuring a werewolf, vampires, and single skeleton. Another good one. And, John, this was probably when you were growing up, or maybe as a kid. Home Alone. Yeah, Home Alone is good. We're going to get back to some of the top Christmas movies. Think of what is your favorite Christmas movie of all time. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to 
the Canton School Superintendent. He's going to give us a he's going to give us an update, and uh, so we're going to be talking to Jeff here when we come back. News Talk fourteen eighty WHBC. Good morning. It's Saturday morning. It's 47 degrees outside. And, uh, you know, when you look at all the challenges that we have going on around the world, uh, you know, we need good, strong leaders. We need good, strong leaders that are going to be able to give guidance and direction, especially to our elementary, middle school, and high school students. And uh, the report back from the health department's uh, the report is that the high schools, the middle schools, their elementary, they're doing a great job of keeping everybody safe. And on the line with us today is our Canton School Superintendent, Jeff Talbert. Jeff, how are you? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh, so you took the job over as the Canton School Superintendent. You were the principal of McKinley High School. And then for seven years, you were the superintendent out in Alliance. Alliance School System, and then you had three years in the, as the assistant superintendent in Cleveland Heights. So you got a lot of experience, and I'm sure you're using all that experience right now to keep everybody safe in the Canton City Schools. Tell us what you're doing. Yeah, I don't know what we have going on here, but I think we we have a connection issue. I'm going to try. Okay, can he, uh, maybe it's a mic. Okay. Can, can you, you hear, hear me now? Can you hear me better? Yeah, I can hear you a little better. Okay. Okay, how about now? Can you hear me better now, Jeff? Perfect. Okay, here we go. So, uh, so Jeff, you are the Canton City School Superintendent, and the reports coming back from the health departments is that uh, you guys are really doing uh, a, a great job of keeping the students safe. Tell us what tell us what you're doing. Well, I, I can tell you the, the first thing that that allows us to do that is that it's a hundred percent team effort. Um, everyone involved in our our organization from our support staff to our teachers to our administrators um, our students and our parents have really bought into the safety protocols we put in place and and that's what's allowed us to to keep our doors open and be able to provide uh, multiple types of instruction during the, the pandemic uh, the, our 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 number one goal uh, going into this was to to make sure that we can we could be as safe as possible and mitigate the spread of of COVID nineteen in our schools, and and to do that we stuck with the the strictest safety strictest safety guidelines that were put forth from the the CDC when it came to schools, and the biggest part of that is making sure that we maintain six feet of social distancing as much as possible in our buildings. And that and and it's working, isn't it? I mean, the uh, the the rate of of any of the kids uh, contracting the COVID is really very very low, isn't it? Right. Yeah, we have um, um, very few students. Of course, our our biggest building, which is McKinley Main, since the beginning of the year, has has had the most students um, with positive tests. But again, we're talking um, a total of over 2,000 students in that building. Now, not all of them are coming face-to-face, but there's a larger number of student bodies in that. But we, we haven't seen um, a lot of positive cases in our, in our building. Um, and, and if we do have positive cases, it, it's not led to a spread inside our building. 
usually the person who's tested positive, uh, it can be traced back to someone they were they had contact with outside of the school environment. Right. So it's not taking place in the schools. And actually, the Centers for Disease Control, their recommendation is that the students stay in school, that the students stay in school, because there's a number of factors that you have to consider. You know, number one, you want to prevent the spread. Right. But then also it's the there's the, uh, you know, the mental health uh, aspect of, of the kids that, uh, you know, when they're at home, there's that, that brings other challenges. But really, you've provided a lot of different avenues for the students. Right. Uh, in order to in order to continue uh, teaching them, right? Tell us about right. that. Right. Yeah. So we we've given our families choice, and, and right now we're we're actually surveying all of our families. And if you and, and just a word to our families, if you hadn't had an opportunity to fill out that survey, please contact your building to to let us know whether you would prefer to be virtual, full virtual, in our Bulldog Virtual Academy um, in the second semester, or would you like to come back to school face-to-face? And again, we're, we've given our parents that choice. We want to continue to offer that, that choice. But, but we know uh, that, that education is the key to the future of our students, and we're going to have to provide that education um, throughout this pandemic, um, and, and we're going to keep a variety of options for, for our families. So right now, if you have uh, so you have a large percentage of the students that are that are coming into the classroom, right, Jeff? Yeah, we're about sixty percent um, across all grade levels. A little higher in some buildings than others, but we have about a sixty percent of our students who have selected to come back to school face to face, and the the other students are part of our um, m- multiple virtual options. Okay. And with the virtual, how does that work? Do you have, are, is it the same teachers or do you have different teachers that are doing, you know, the virtual from the, uh, uh, the classroom, the brick and mortar uh, classroom teaching or uh, do you have a mix? Yeah. So um, in grades K through pre-K through five, we've created a Bulldog Virtual Academy and those are uh, Kansas City school teachers who engage with students who selected uh, to do uh, um, online learning. And and those teachers are assigned a grade level in a particular building, and they work with between 35 and 40 students using um, our curriculum, and we have a virtual curriculum that we purchased this year that they, they work with families to, to provide instruction. And grades 6 through 12, um, our students are with their regular teachers, and, and our teachers are providing both virtual and face-to-face instruction. And, and what we chose to do at that level, um, because we're all operating a hybrid system, even our face-to-face students spend um, three days a week at home learning remotely, um, that we decided to consider all kids remote learners. And so the teachers have students who are who are hybrid, who they happen to see, um, one to two days a week face-to-face to provide support to. And then they have another group of kids who are 100% virtual that they're working with on the same lessons. And so um, we've gotten a lot better at, at providing virtual instruction, which is which has definitely prepared us and put us in a position where if the, the spread um, grows in our building and it becomes necessary for us to go remote or we're unable to staff our buildings because of staff who are um, in isolation or asked to quarantine, then, then we're able to move from face-to-face to um, virtual learning, and it, we'll do it in a better way, in a better manner than we did last spring. Yeah, so it really it has been a learning process for the, for the teachers, for your staff, 
so that you're able to, you know, literally flip the switch when needed to provide online learning. Because one way or another, you are going to make, make sure that the students are being taught, right? Right, yeah. This has been, to, to be honest with you, and I shared this with the staff last week, this has been, um, for me, the most challenging year that I've had in my 20 plus years of education without dating myself. But, but if it's, if it's tough for me, and, and again, I'm, I'm as far away from the classroom as you could possibly be in an organization. If it's tough for me, then, then I know that it's definitely tough for the folks who are there face to face with our students every day. And, and they have been just fantastic. Um, they, they've rolled with the punches. They've, they've adopted new, new instructional strategies and, and, and nothing. Um, is is constant. It changes daily, and and they've done a, a wonderful job adapting. And they are every one of them. They are prepared to 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 move to virtual um, if they have to. And and we've done that with a few buildings here of late. Yeah, and see that's you know it's uh, it's it's re- it's great to hear you being so candid about everything because I don't think there's a human being on the planet. That, uh, you know, if you look at what's going on, of course, it's, you know, there's just a lot of stress. There's a lot of, uh, you know, and I think, you know, it's it's not just due exclusively to the COVID. It's it's more the unpredictable nature that uh, that people are under. That's that that lack of certainty. You know, we, we always derive uh, security out of, you know, knowing what's going to happen next week or next month or next year. And uh, and that has been probably, you know, one of the, the hardest things, especially for parents to deal with. You know, are the, are the students going to be uh, doing online learning? Are they going to be doing it, uh, you know, uh, in the school building? Because then it, it changes their schedule. There's a lot of challenges that go along with it. But, you know, what's great is that you folks are succeeding. The schools are succeeding. The system that you have set up is succeeding in providing education to the students, but most importantly, keeping them safe. And it's it's proven in the numbers, just like you said. I mean, you have less than, uh, you know, uh, I was told less than a half percent of your students that are contracting, uh, you know, any any sort of illness. Right. And that is impressive. But you're but you're following proper technique and your teachers are keeping everybody positive. Yes, it, and and you know again the 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 social distance that we've been we've been able to keep, and, and it's been really it's been really tough making sure we're able to maintain six feet, make sure that people are wearing their masks. Um, our our custodial staff in the buildings, um, getting around to to every room every night and sanitizing them. Um, it's it's it, it's been a tremendous effort from from everyone, and we will have to continue that effort. And and now as the spread um, increases throughout our community and, and our county, um, it becomes even more important that not only do we watch what we do while we're at school and while we're at work, that is that we 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 pay attention to what we do when we're away from the building. Uh, what we know and what we've seen is that the greatest threat to our ability to offer face-to-face instruction is not what happens in our buildings. It's what happens when our staff and students are away from the building. Right. That's right. That's right. Because when you're at school, you have a, you know, you have the controls in place so that uh, you're, you're able to uh, keep people uh, physically uh, distant, right? 
you know, right. and, and that's the other thing is, you know, we were I was talking about this, uh, you know, earlier with the Walsh president and he was, he was, he likes to use the worm, uh, the, the word, uh, physical distance because he, he said, we, we've got to be able to reach out to each other socially, you know, because there's, there's also just that, that social aspect where we have to be able to communicate you know, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling down, and I'm sure that that's something that goes through your mind also with the students, right? It's like, how do you keep yeah. the, the the positive mindset with the st- students and the teachers? So how how do you how have you been facilitating that? Well, we we ask our staff to to constantly stay connected with with their students, and and if we we lose contact with the students, then you know our te- we first start with our teachers, and, and then we move to our variety of support personnel and, and our principals and, and if we just can't reach you through through phones or through our, our, our virtual platforms then we actually go out and we knock on doors and and the, the key is just to make sure that we're able to connect to to all of our students and to all of our families to make sure that they, they that they are safe um, during this time and, and then you know and it, what we've stressed and, and it really feels strange sometimes saying it but right now, um, the actual instruction piece, the education piece, is not the type, top priority, right? Our, our physical and, and emotional um, health and safety is that top priority. And, and once we're able to, to take care of that, then we get to that instructional piece. So, our, again, our staff has done a, a, a good job of managing that. Um, and we've asked them to really pay close attention to their own um, physical and, and emotional health as well. And, and we say to that, you know, just, just as we get the instructions on the airlines when we fly, that, you know, when that, when you need to put that oxygen mask on, put yours on first before you help someone else. Um, and that's what we're telling our staff, like, Hey, make sure you're taking care of yourself. Make sure that throughout these stressful times that you are, you are in a good place. And if you're not reach out to get some support, because if you're not healthy, how are you going to be able to take care of our children? And so we're working on that. Again, it's a collaborative effort. Um, it's a, a team effort. And, and what I've seen in, in my first few months on the job in, in, in Canton is that we have tremendous people who care about our organization, care about our students, and, and work really hard. You know, it's so nice to hear, Jeff, that, uh, that you're sending people, you're sending them out to the home, right? You're, if if you if you're if you see that a student is you're not hearing from them or I mean you are going to follow up or, or call I mean you're you have people that are going to find uh, you know those students make sure that they're okay right yes yes we do I mean that that's really what we need and like you said that it's so important that we are supporting one another encouraging one another uh, because everybody needs it the, the the students need it the the teachers need it the staff needs it. Uh, the parents need it. They need that encouragement. Now, more than ever, they need that encouragement. And you folks are doing a great job in Canton City Schools. I mean, it's very, very impressive. Uh, you're just, you're you're keeping everybody safe. You've been able to prove that uh, just just by the numbers. I mean, the, the facts prove it. And now the big challenge is uh, you're saying that, you know, it's when people are, are outside the school, right, to that they've got to learn to manage their their interactions with others and and make sure that they're not uh, uh, you know that they're keeping a physical distance so that they're not contracting it outside the school system. Right. Yeah. It's definitely you know we are we are having to to quarantine adults 
um, be because of them becoming or being identified as close contacts to, to other people. And, and that's what's forcing us to move some of our buildings um, and our grade levels to remote status. And, and so um, if we can, can, can all maintain that physical distance, um, which will keep more of us from being identified as close contacts, then we believe we'll be able to 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 make it through um, the this season where we're going to see increased spread um, with the ability to offer uh, face-to-face instruction. So it's really with um, you know the the limitation is is with the instructors with the teachers because you just have a limited supply of teachers, and if they're yeah. in in close contact with somebody that you know has. Um, had the virus, then, you know, they may not have the symptoms or, but they're exposed and then they're forced to quarantine. And that's really what puts the strain on the school system. Is is that what you're saying? Yes. It's, 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 it's not only teachers, it's support staff, it's, it's cafeteria workers, it's bus drivers, it's security staff. I mean, it is, we, we got 1400 adults that live in multiple cities, school districts, counties. And, and so it's, it's, it, it is, it's real difficult to make sure we have all the bodies we need in, in place, again, to make sure that everyone is safe. And, and so when we get to that crucial tipping point, um, we will uh, move a building to move a building to remote because, again, our number one um, objective here is safety. Now, now, have you had to do that uh, with any of the schools yet, move completely to uh, remote? Yes, and, and we've seen, just like everybody's seen throughout the county, we've seen it kind of grow. The first time we had to make that decision, it it, it was a, a classroom, a particular classroom in a building. And then later on that week, it was a grade level, an entire grade level in a building. And then th- before we started school the next weekend, it was our first building that we had to move to remote. And then before the end of, of, of this week, it was our second building we had to move to remote. So, but again, it's not because we've got um, lots of positive cases in those buildings. It's because we might have had one, and then the close contact of, of that person um, have made us quarantine or isolate um, uh, so many people that we couldn't effectively run the building any longer. And, and so, but that's our, our, our goal. Is our goal is to, to look at the smallest unit in our organization that, that we can place on remote in order to maintain safe operations and fulfill our district mission. Okay. And we're talking with uh, Canton School Superintendent Jeff Talbert. He's keeping everybody safe over at the Canton schools. They've got a great program set up in order to do that. And, uh, Jeff, we're going to take a break, but I was hoping that you might be able to touch on uh, when we come back about some of the recommendations you would have for the students just to stay, you know, so they can stay positive and stay healthy. And, yeah, no problem. Uh, okay, that'd be great. This is David Held, and uh, we're talking with Canton City School Superintendent Jeff Talbert. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to find out some of the more positive things that parents and students can do just to keep their, their mind and their, their body healthy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy now. Back it up, back it up. I go away from people. I don't go near people. I don't chit-chat. Right now, our best defense has been social distancing. It's so distancing. You should start distancing yourself. Distancing myself? You know what? You're right. It is distancing. We're your social distancing morning show. So, back off six feet and enjoy this show. The weekend. For the weekend. Stop taking work home on the weekends. What's next? It's a new era. Keep listening to find out. Saturday. 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 Thanks for listening to Canton's Place for news and talk. Let's go have some fun. We like to have fun.
fun. We're entertainers. That's what we do. Okay, the show's about to start. Let's get ready. Let's start the show. Showtime. On News Talk 1480 WHBC. Good morning. It's Saturday morning. This is David Held. And uh, we've got a special guest on uh, today, uh, the Canton City School Superintendent, Jeff Talbert. And uh, Jeff, you folks are doing an incredible job keeping the students safe. I mean, it's less than the, you know, less than a half a percent uh, throughout Star County in our school system. Uh, and certainly uh, uh, Canton City school system, you're, you're keeping the physical distance with the students. You're keeping everybody safe. And uh, and we just we think that's fantastic. Now, there's some other challenges that go along with that. Um, it's just trying to keep the students. Uh, you said that one of the big, big priorities is keeping the mental and emotional health of the students at, uh, at the high level. How do you, how are you going about doing that? Well, we're, we're, we're doing it by keeping things as normal as we, we, we possibly can. Um, you know, it's for our students, it's really important to, to have those, those activities that go along with, um, you know, the, the classroom, the regular traditional coursework. And so we're doing our best to keep those things going, our, our music programs, our performances, our athletic teams, and our, our clubs, um, our, our organizations like speech and debate. Those things are all continuing to, continuing to happen. Um, we're, we're ramping up our after-school programs. But, again, with all of those, all of those programs and activities where we're making sure that we're able to social, um, you know, keep that physical distance and socially distance, um, wearing our face covering and, you know, frequent hand washing and sanitizing of surfaces. So all of those things are continuing to happen. But the, one of those key issues to helping our students is to make sure we're as normal as we possibly can be during these times. Right. Because it brings those, it, it brings the, the regular patterns into the student's life, right? There's a lot of things that are changing in life, you know, just for the parents, right? Um, I mean, just a lot of things just, just in our society. And so trying to keep, you know, that familiarity and, and, uh, and that normal routine, I mean, just getting regular sleep, uh, you know, they're talking about the recommendations that, uh, that you can have eating healthy, getting plenty of sleep and the being active too. And that's, I mean, just like you said, you're, you're keeping those programs going. Uh, you know, those extracurricular activities for the students, the speech, debate, and, uh, you know, uh, and, and then, of course, the sports, they, they continue with their physical activities, which is helpful. And right now, how many students, uh, Jeff, do you have that are uh, going online as compared to coming into the building? Yeah, it's, it's, it's 60-40 um, right now um, with the students going online um, versus going on the building. And and, and we have people kind of going back and forth. We try to limit that as much as we can, but um, but it's about 60, 40 right now. I believe at the, the elementary level, we're about 14 or 1,500 um, students right now who are in our Bulldog Virtual Academy. So you got, so, so the total number of students that you have uh, in, in the whole school system, how many do you have in the whole school system? Um, we have a little, a little under 8,000. 8,000 students. That's incredible. And then as far as the um, the staff and the teachers, uh, how many staff and teachers do you have and, and, and workers, uh, you know, in the cafeteria and the school bus drivers? What What's the, the number that you have there, roughly? We have 1,400 um, staff members in the district. Wow, that, that's, that's amazing. And so really the big challenge has been making sure that uh, your staff members – that they are not 
getting into a quarantine situation or or getting uh, an infection because then that just reduces the number of of people. It's not like you got a big bench, right? You know, in football you got you got second, third string, but you don't have a whole lot of uh, uh, depth there. So it's real important to keep the teachers and the staff uh, safe, right? Right, and and I'm gonna tell you, it's it's really key. Like substitutes, people who who fill in for our our regular staff are are key um, during a regular school year. Having enough people to do that, but having folks who are willing to do that now um, is is also fantastic. And 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 we you know we definitely have a shortage. But in it, yesterday was actually um, the national national substitute day, and uh, we tried to recognize those folks who are. Our, our guest instructors and guest support staff members who who routinely st- step in and fill in um, in our buildings uh, for for our staff. And now, so, if so, somebody's going to be a substitute teacher, there's a process that they have to go through, right? That uh, right, yeah. Our they they have to um, acquire a substitute license um, and 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 go through a background check, and and so it's not something that you can just decide you want to wake up one morning and do it's it's a commitment that you make and 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 we really appreciate those folks especially now and and so we again you take our 1400 staff members plus the subs that we regularly use and and our our goal is to try to keep everyone healthy um so so that we can continue to provide face-to-face instruction okay so the challenges that you're that you're looking at right now is that you're sending out a survey to the parents Right to get a better idea of what the parents' perspective is—is that something you had mentioned earlier? Right. What we're doing, what we're doing now, the beginning of the year when we started, when we said, "Hey, we're going to give our families choice of, do you want to be virtual or would you like to come back to school face to face?" We said that your choice would be something that you'd have to live with for a whole semester. Well, it's hard to believe that we are reaching the end of our first semester. And, and so we're going back out to our families to, to ask them, um, would they like to switch? And we're giving them the opportunity to switch from face-to-face to virtual or from virtual to face-to-face. And, and the key with this is, is that we want to we get the number so that we can make plans to ensure that we can distance, socially distance our, our people while they're in the building. And, and, and what we found is that um, our ability to keep six feet when kids are sitting in classes or doing other activities has allowed us to to remain um, or to continue to operate face-to-face instruction. So that that's our number one goal. And so to do that, we have to have information um, before the first the second semester starts. Okay. Now this is when you're sending out the stur- survey. So you want all of the parents to uh, to answer the survey, and this is for the start of the of the next semester, correct? So yeah. for the for the period of time between um, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, you're going to continue on the path that you've been in, uh, been on. If you've if a student's been online, they're going to continue with that. If they've been um, you know attending classes, they're going to continue with that. Is that yeah. correct? Okay. And then. And and so you you see some of the schools that have um, you know elected to uh, you know take a break like um, you know Perry schools uh, over over Thanksgiving, but that really is based upon each you know from what it sounds like what you're doing even within the Canton City School System, it really is you know, those decisions are based upon each individual school within the system, correct? And then how right. you collectively make decisions throughout the whole. Uh, Kansas City School District. 
And can you right. touch on that again? How you how yeah, you go right. through that process? So yeah, what 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 we do is whenever we have um, either a, a positive case or we're notified that someone needs to quarantine, uh, we we take a, a a look at the building and try to identify if there's an issue. And, and if there is an issue where there's multiple people, multiple students. Um, uh, that have to re- have to quarantine or have to be out for um, a, a period of time. We we try to identify what's causing the issue. So is the issue um, basically one classroom in in, that, in the building? And if so, then we, we we assign that that classroom to remote. If if it's not the classroom, is it a particular grade level that's causing it, or is in the district wide is it a building that's causing us to have a staff shortage um, and and or we have one building that's requiring us to p- deploy a lot of our subs. And if that's the case, then what we, we will do is say that building is on remote. Um, and, and then we, we, we try to do that for a week, and, and then we come back within a week to determine whether it has to be longer. And that, and that just happened with Mason and McGregor. Um, with McGregor, we told our parents that, hey, if we're going to be remote from Monday to Friday of last week, and on Thursday we realized that, you know what, we're not going to be able to do it um, next week. So we're going to be out until um, the 1st of, of December. So it, it, it's definitely a, a moving target. Um, our, 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 our goal is to try to provide face-to-face instruction to, to all that want it um, for, the, for the entire school year. But, again, our number one priority is safety. And if, if, to make, if we have to, to maintain safety, we will move a class, a grade level, a building, to remote learning at any time. Yeah, see, that's, I'll tell you, that that really, you're you're very organized. You folks are very on top of it, and, and that is what, that's really what people want, is they want direction, and uh, they, they want to know, you know, what they need to do, and in order to keep their, their children safe, and uh, and and also to, to continue with the learning. But now what you're asking for is from the parents to make sure that they fill out a survey, right? And they can do that online, or What's the, what's the easiest way for the parents to fill out the survey? All of the parents have been sent the survey from their, their respective buildings. Uh, if they haven't gotten it yet, I, um, I I'd simply ask them to reach out to their, to their buildings, and their buildings will make sure they get it reset to them. Okay. Well, Jeff, you've been doing a fantastic job. I mean, this is the first year that you've been the Canton City School Superintendent during, you know, the, really the most challenging time that we've seen in educating our students, uh, not only in the city of Canton, but, uh, you know, across Ohio and, and across the country. And you're doing a great, great job. Your staff is doing a great job. And uh, so keep up the good work. And thank you for being on the program today. Thank you very much for for having us and giving us an opportunity to to share what we have going on. Really appreciate it. You got it. Okay, Jeff Talbert, Canton City Schools, and uh, this is David Held. You're listening to the Saturday Morning Program. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back. Good morning. This is David Held, and it's Saturday morning. And uh, we're going to be ending here today at 1030 in a little bit. But, um, you know, we were looking at the top 10 Christmas movies. IMDb, they rank all of the uh, Christmas movies. And uh, this is this is all based on uh, people that uh, give their online ranking. And so when we look at the top 10 Christmas movies that are out there, okay, we're going to start with 
number 10 that they have. Number 10, Elf. So the Elf movie, if any of you have seen the Elf movie, that is number 10. And it is 6.9 ranking out of 10. And then number 9, Bad Santa. Bad Santa is, that's a, that is a rank of a 7, actually. And then you've got Family Man. Family Man is a uh, 6.8. And then number 7 is the Christmas Carol. How can anybody not like the Christmas Carol? That is like one of the one of the classics, Christmas Carol. And then uh, for all of our younger younger children, the Polar Express. Did you watch the Polar Express when you were growing up, John? I think I remember reading the Polar Express. Wasn't there a book that went with yes. that too? I remember reading it. I I don't really remember seeing it. I know Tom Hanks is featured in it, like he's mm-hmm. one of the voices, but I don't. No, I don't really remember seeing that when I was a kid. I just I remember reading it. The Polar Express. So it became real popular, at least when my children. So it was probably my son's now. He's twenty six, and uh, you know we took him on the Polar Express train ride down there in. Uh, you know, the Dover, New Philly area okay. where you got on a real train and they read the Polar Express book. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I know that they did the Polar Express thing up in uh, Cuyahoga County, too, when I was little. And you could go on the Cuyahoga County Railway and they they'd do the same thing for you. I think we did that one time when I was a kid. One time. Yeah. Uh, Polar Express. So that was num- that's number six. Number five is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Hmm. Very, very funny movie. Very funny movie. Have you it's seen? Cli- no, have you seen the Christmas Vacation? Yeah, they're all all the National Lampoons. That one and the the one where um, I don't know. Is that different than just the National Lampoons Christmas one? Yeah. That well, this one. No, this one is the. That's it. The National Lampoons Christmas Vacation with Clark Griswold. Okay. Right. I thought there was. I thought a, there was multiple of those, but okay. Well, you have the you know the National Lampoons you know, vacation, Christmas vacation. And so, yeah, you've got a whole series of the vacations, you know, uh, with, with Chevy Chase. Very, very funny movie. Randy Quaid was in those two. Yes. Yes. When he was, uh, when he was asking Clark, uh, for a little bit of extra money (laughs) so that that he could buy a Christmas gift for Clark. Yep. Borrow money so that you can buy the person you're borrowing money from a Christmas gift. That's funny. Okay, number four is A Christmas Story. That's in the 1940s. Number three is The Miracle on 34th Street. It's also 19, like 34, right? That's right. That is an, that is an oldie, a 7.9 rating. White Christmas. Ah, Bing v- Crosby. Yes, very good movie. And number one, the number one Christmas movie of all time is It's a Wonderful Life. Frank Capra, 1946. Frank Capra, 1946. You're right, John. It's a great movie. One of my favorites. So uh, everybody, stay safe. Uh, we had a, uh, you know, we got we got a lot of challenges, but stay safe. Encourage one another. Support one another, and we're all going to get through this. This is David Held. You're listening to Saturday Mornings News Talk 1480. Have a great day.